that's the sound of the brass fanfare that tells you it's Yukon 360, but you may also be hearing the rattling of chains, the howl of wolves, the moaning of spirits, because it's Halloween. Almost. Almost. It's the day before Halloween. It's Halloween somewhere. It's Halloween in Japan. Mm. Happy Halloween, people in Japan. Uh, we have a Halloween humdinger of a show for you. We've got Halloween content like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and we're going to get into that. But first, as always, my name's Tom Breen. I'm your facilitator of sorts. Joining me, uh, my colleagues, Julie Bartuka. Happy Halloween. Ken Best. Ooh. That's very, very good. It's <laughs> incredible. And uh, Maxine Philibon. I don't have a Halloween uh, sound introduction. Effect. Sound That's fine. effect. That's good. Ken is our sound effect person. He's our Foley artist, Foley, as say, yes. in the business. Scare. Uh, this is scary. This, this is, is what's really scary. This is scary. We're working episode. without a net here, folks. Um, before we get into all the Halloween content, why don't we start with some Husky headlines. KB, it. what's going on? The fall edition of Yukon Magazine, which I used to edit, is available online at magazine.yukon.edu. There is an excerpt from a, the new book by philosophy professor Michael Patrick Lynch titled Know-It-All Society on why fake news catches fire and spreads so quickly on social media. Uh, our veteran photographer Pete Moranis in the studio next to us. Takes us inside the new Student Recreation Center with great pictures. You can catch up with the Funky Dogs Brass Band, which started as a one-credit class at UConn and is now a touring band of UConn Husky alumni. And you can read the cover story written by geoscientist Robert Thorson. He's known as Thor to most of us. About the geological history of Horse Barn Hill, which Lisa Stepak, the editor of UConn Magazine, calls our Stonehenge. The story is illustrated with paintings created by artist Blanche Serban, who is married to Board of Trustees Distinguished Professor of Psychology Blair Johnson, and she is in the process of creating a pictorial calendar of 365 Horse Barn Hill paintings. Mm-hmm. I think she's the one who coined the Stonehenge, actually, reference. And go to magazine.yukon.edu and view the video about Horse Barn Hill, which is absolutely fantastic. All right. Uh, there's also Tag-teamed that one a little bit. There's also a great piece in there about the jungle slash North Campus. Written by Tom Breen. Yeah, that's right. It's very good. <laughs> Julie, what's new? Yes. Uh, you remember a few weeks ago I did a story on UConn's hemp horticulture course. So you guys, I'm sure, have seen that CBD oil products are sold just about everywhere these days. Well, the university recently opened a lab where the plant can be tested for a variety of compounds. As part of the Center for Environmental Sciences and Engineering's Hemp Initiative, the UConn facility will support the efforts of growers, manufacturers, and researchers and educate students interested in entering the field. Licensed growers are required to have the THC level of their crops tested pre-harvest. When THC levels are below or equal to 0.3%, the plant is hemp. Above that, it's marijuana, which is still recognized as a drug by the DEA. So the lab will ensure that both consumers and producers know that their products are legal, safe, and accurately labeled. Very nice. I go to Northampton a lot to visit friends, and I think every business sells CBD oil. I think the bank. I think you can get it the bank. <laughs> they get the lollipops. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what this this episode is, among other things? It's a Halloween spectacular. It's also a Maxine spectacular. It is. All Maxine all the time. All Maxine all the time. Uh, Maxine has prepared two pieces for us about the the season, the spookiest season of the year. And why don't we talk about the first one? Maxine, what, what do you have for us? So I have a question for everyone. What are you dressing up as for Halloween? We're adults, Maxine. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's a way of saying I'm a big L-O-Z-E-R, L-O-S-E-R. 
<laughs> and I have no parties to go to this year, so I'm not dressing up you at don't, all. You don't hand out candy when you're you dressed up? I do, up. but I don't dress up. I sometimes wear um, cat ears that I got at Target at the office. Wow. Yeah, it's really lame. I, I do love to dress up, and if anyone wants to invite me to their Halloween party, I will gladly come. <laughs> My favorite costume ever was uh, Lucille Ball a oh, few years ago. That's a good one. It was a good one, yeah. Ken, what How about, about you? Ken? What are you dressing up as? I haven't figured that He's out. He's wearing yet. a sweater vest, I think, probably. Well, maybe not. You never maybe know. Maybe I'll wear a cardigan. <laughs> Shake it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm not dressing up either. I'm pretty See, lame. we're really disappointing. Well, um, this is a loser's podcast. I'm dressing up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's because as... you're a college student and it's normal for you. <laughs> okay, you got me there. Anyways, I'm dressing up as a Cinnabon. Oh. And uh, my friend is being an Ikea bag. Okay. So I don't even know what an Ikea bag looks like we'll look it up after the episode <laughs> it's a bag that says ikea on it it's a bag that says ikea on it it's like the blue blue and yellow trademark yeah anyways so here at yukon halloween's a big event um not to the old people here on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so wow. i went around to the student union to ask students what they're going to do for halloween hey can i ask you a question for the yukon 360 podcast um i promise it's not anything bad okay um and what are you going to be for Halloween? Um, we're going to be the Cheetah Girls for Halloween. Think We've been thinking about it yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah, with two other girls, too. Wh- wh- okay, which one are you going to be? Oh, my God. The one, I want to be the one that wears blue pants. I don't know which one that is. The blue one, of course. <laughs> what, which one are you going to be? I'm not really sure yet. Whichever the one they're not. Line. Yeah, maybe the yellow. And what are you going to be for Halloween? I don't know if I can say. <laughs> I want to go with mummy. Like wrapping toilet paper around you? Exactly. That's it. Okay. <laughs> and what are you going to be following? <laughs> Studying. I'm going to be Harley Quinn. I haven't thought about it yet, to be honest. I have no idea. Catwoman no. or Tinkerbell? <laughs> yeah. I have not picked mine yet. I, I have no idea. <laughs> so we got Catwoman, Tinkerbell, and nothing else. <laughs> hey, can I ask you guys something for the Yukon 360 podcast? Yeah. <laughs> okay, and what are you going to be for Halloween? Oh, I know. I was gonna be risky business. <laughs> okay, how do you? How? What would that costume look like? Oh, it's just like an oversized button-down shirt and like sunglasses, oh and, like my high God. socks. You were talking about that too. Yeah. No, I was thinking that or like a soccer player. I have like a jersey, oversized jersey, and like just spandex. Oh, oh, we were also thinking about being mystical girls too because we already have all that. Stuff. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Yeah. What are you gonna be? Oh, I don't know yet. Probably a <laughs> <laughs> And what are you gonna be for Halloween? How? <laughs> um, I want to be Bob Ross. Can I ask you guys something really quick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are you guys going to be following? A cowgirl. A cowgirl. Oh, I don't. I don't know yet. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, you're sighing. You don't want. Don't even want to think about it. Oh, I didn't plan that. I don't think I'm going to be anything. Is it too far away? Yeah, I guess I'm just lame. (laughs) Well, we're lame, too. We don't have anything. I do remember my favorite Halloween at UConn as a student. Um, My three female roommates dressed up as the Jonas Brothers. It was fantastic. Usually girls, you know, do sexy whatever. Right. 
costumes and they were not at all. And we went to a party off campus and there was an awesome band in the middle playing and they took a break and all my friends started chanting for them to play Eleanor Rigby, <laughs> which is not necessarily a party song. So no. that is my favorite Halloween memory. Did, was, they, did they play it? I think they did oh. eventually. It was it was a chant. It was Eleanor <sighs> Rigby. Yeah, not for really a, a Halloween song Not either. anything. Not anything that you would expect in were they, 2010. Were there violins and cellos? No, I think there was a keyboard and a singer. It was fantastic. Wow. Good times. Yeah. What well, about you, Tom? I don't have any Halloween memories. You just hid in your room as a yeah, student. <laughs> I, I studied. That's, oh, yeah. that, those are my memories. <laughs> awesome. Being on the dean's list. Look where um, it got you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there's probably people on this campus who, for them, every day is Halloween. And those people belong to a club that Maxine is going to tell us about. So UConn does have a lot of different clubs, and since it is Halloween, I thought it would be good to highlight one of the spookiest clubs on campus, the Husky Horror Club. So I sat down with Liam Thomas, class of 2020 and president of the Horror Club, to find out more. Horror Club is a place to come and talk about horror, the genre, like everything in it. So vampires, ghosts, Frankensteins. For Liam Thomas, president of Husky Horror Club, his love of horror has been a lifelong affair. I've been interested in horror ever since I was, you know, just like a goth tween. Um, I always just sort of found myself, you know, I watched horror movies. When I was a kid, I watched like Courage the Cowardly Dog and like the like child kitty scary stuff that my parents didn't let me watch, but I watched anyway. Um, and then as I got older, it just sort of became less of a just sort of a passing interest and more of something that I really cared about. Liam says horror isn't just a movie genre. It's much bigger. So we're not just talking about horror movies, but we're talking about horror TV shows, books, short stories, video games, podcasts. Pretty much the genre is so flexible that any sort of media that exists, there's usually a horror iteration of it. Um, and so we meet usually once a week to discuss one aspect of it or you know, to watch video clips, discuss books, discuss short stories, things like that. Liam says he started Husky Horror Club in the spring semester of 2019 when he wanted to find a new community on campus who shared his love of horror. I was on campus and I f- loved horror and I was sick of showing my roommates horror movies and I'm not getting it or them like just saying that it wasn't that interesting. And I knew just from meeting some people on campus that it was something that others were interested in. And so I started it because I was like, I want to talk horror with people. I want to talk horror with people that I haven't met. I want to sort of have it be more open on the campus. He found this year more than 100 students were looking for the same. So last year, when last semester, when it really started for the first time, we probably had a steady group of about 10 people that would come to meetings. Um, But this year, I got something like 170 signatures of interest in the club. And then of those that I emailed and said, "Okay, but are you really interested? Are you actually going to show up? About 75-ish people really committed to it. So it's, it has been a sizable increase um, since last semester, uh, which is exciting but is harder to get a room for is what I'm discovering. Because of how big the genre of horror is, Liam says, the club is met with an incredibly diverse on-campus community. So the community is really diverse. Honestly, um, I was sort of hoping for and somewhat expecting that because I think – As the years have gone on, horror has become one of the more accommodating genres, Um, especially ever since Jordan Peele came out with Get Out. Like, 
it, horror is no longer just like the 90s slashers, like white kids in a log cabin thing. It's now very much more every something that everyone is interested in. Um, we have people, seniors all the way down to freshmen. It's We have people from all different majors. Um, it's really a place that sort of is weird in the way that it gets people together that you probably wouldn't meet just because – you don't expect them to have a similar interest in just like creepy things. Um, but you'd be surprised on like the people in your different classes that probably have an interest in horror that you just don't know about, which is kind of cool. Um, and it's kind of cool to see them like come together for the club. When you show up to club, usually I'll give a short introduction. Each week we'll have like a theme. So like one week we'll talk about, let's just say vampires because it's easiest. Um, we'll talk about vampires and I'll say, all right, like, what are good vampire things that people have read? Are there any vampire horror, like, video games that have come out? Um, depending on the week, maybe we'll show a movie. Like, we might show a vampire film um, to the club members. It's just sort of whatever the club goes for. Since it is such a young club, it's sort of loose at this point. Um, but for the most part, it's somewhat focused on just horror as a whole genre um, and the way that it comes up. Um, in different media and what people like about it. I've really been urging people to like visit Salem um, like I'm going to do this weekend, visit different haunted places around school, uh, around Connecticut. Um, there's a lot more than you would think if you go to like Atlas Obscura and look up Connecticut. There's a ton of creepy things. I have visited most of the graveyards on campus um, just sort of for the joy of it. Um, I don't know if I've encountered any spirits yet. Um, I'm still searching. I'm still watching Ghost Adventures trying to get tips from Zach Baggins. But um, I've yet to encounter anything creepy. But I do frequent a graveyard and I have yet to make it to Depot Campus. Um, but a lot of my friends have and I'm hoping to go there sometime soon. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, no, I personally don't. Um, but I'm one of those – skeptics that's always looking for them. I'm always, you know, I'm always itching, you know, maybe it's there. Maybe that would be cool. I'm always looking for them, but I've yet to yet to find one. If you if you look for them, doesn't that mean you believe in them? <sighs> this you know what? That's a very good point. I mean, I believe in the possibility of it because I believe that I don't know. I I don't know anything about anything, but I I've yet to see evidence of it, but if I did see evidence of it, I would like it. That would be cool. Liam said if you want to find out more about the club, you can email him at liam.thomas at uconn.edu. You can join the club's Discord channel by emailing him and asking for the link. Beautiful. Very nice. I wish there was a horror club when I was a student here. I don't know why you didn't start one. I know. It's your, that's your niche. Yeah. Well, we should have a picture of your office on the podcast now. It's pretty Our horrifying. Tom is a fan of horror. Yeah, I guess that's fair to say. You are. So, you know, in the spirit of the season, I wanted to find out uh, about Halloween past at UConn. And my hope was I could find some really fun, amazing Halloween activity that happened once at UConn. I didn't find Aww. that. But I found some interesting things out about how Halloween has been celebrated here and ways in which, um, you know, traditions have uh, been passed down through the generations. Okay. So why don't we, uh, why don't we load up with garlic and wooden stakes? <laughs> And go into the, the spookiest part of Tom's History Corner, Halloween Land. <laughs> These names that you come up with, I think they all end in land. Yeah, well. You're very creative. Um, the first uh, mention of Halloween I could find was in uh, 
the November 1st, 1899 edition of The Lookout, which was the predecessor of the Connecticut campus. And all it says is, Halloween passed very quietly this year. Indeed, had it not been for the Halloween party at Grove Cottage, one would hardly have realized what day it was. Grove Cottage was the women's dorm at the time. And that was apparently the Halloween hotspot because I found references to parties there in 1910 and 1911. They were dances. Uh, in 1910, everyone just had to wear a mask, technically a masquerade. But in 1911, it looks like it was a full-blown costume party. Quote, the ladies' home journal girls, fat men, living skeletons, rubens, and minstrels were much in evidence. I, um, I'm proud of myself. I think the ladies' home journal reference is to a 1905 cover of that magazine. If you Google ladies' home journal Halloween, it's a very famous image. You'll see what I mean. Very proud of myself. Uh, then there's no mention until the 30s. When really? It, yeah, when apparently it becomes a um, – uh, dances and parties were hosted by fraternities and sororities. There were bonfires. Uh, this is also when you start seeing uh, advertisements for candy sales at the college bookstore popping up in the newspaper. When did the Halloween candy trick-or-treating thing start? Right around the time of World War One. Okay. So what was Halloween about before that? It was like costume parties, basically. Huh. Yeah. It was an adult holiday before. Fascinating. Yeah. Yep. Um. And so the big thing seemed to be there would be a big dance at Holly Armory with costume contests. Um, like in 1942, there was a dance and a costume contest at Holly Armory that also had a fortune teller and a drink called Witch's Brew. Sadly, they don't list the ingredients. <laughs> um, there was also a, a, the, in 45, there was a dance at the new gym on Spring Hill. Spring Hill is like south of campus, so I don't know what they're yeah. talking about. Hmm. Um, also, that the big attraction was the milkshake dance, and I, they don't explain what that was. <laughs> Wait, like – that was the name of the event or – No, that was like you, was you could dance. go to the Halloween dance and do the milkshake dance. Oh, God. We have to find this. Yeah. Tom. It just struck me that the new gym might have been our old building, which had a gymnasium floor under it and it used to be the co-op as well. Oh, OK. Hmm. That might have been it. People might have been doing the milkshake dance or whatever. Spring Hill back then? I don't know. Spring Hill's a little farther, I think. I want to know. It's like that song. Like I assume it was not the Khalees song. <laughs> I saw her in Vegas at oh, really? a club. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was uh, – Kind of the uh, the pattern. There'd be a dance. There'd be a costume contest. Occasionally, there'd be articles in the Daily Campus. Like in 1956, there was an interview with a student who visited local graveyards looking for weird epitaphs. Maybe like an ancestor of the horror club. Who knows? <laughs> um, starting in the 50s, uh, the predecessor of Subog kind of took over the party organizing. And uh, the parties would be held at the ROTC hangar, which is no longer there. Uh, in 1964, there was a charming editorial celebrating the Great Pumpkin, which said, quote, it is comforting in this age of Bobby Bakers and fast living to have one solid, tangible, fantastic myth to hold on to. Lee Montville wrote that. Bobby Baker was a, a Democratic uh, political figure who was in, in, in a scandal in 1964. Was the great pumpkin? Charlie Brown. I, okay. I was wondering if that was an Did you not else. know? No, I, abs- I love Charlie Brown. I didn't know if that was something else. Well, we should be. I know Charlie Brown is from We the should 60s. be seeing the great pumpkin in the comics very soon. Oh, yeah? So the, I love the Great Pumpkin. It's funny because like in 1964, there's like a wistful editorial about it. And then in 1970 for Halloween, there was an editorial with a truly fantastical account that honestly reads like the person who wrote it was high about <laughs> well, the, about the assassination of the Great Pumpkin. Oh. Yeah. It's a big difference between 64 and 70, you know? Mm-hmm. 60s were over, man. Tells, you, tells a tale. So anyway, there's this kind of goes on. There's, uh, the, again, the Halloween dance costume contest. There's horror movie marathons on campus. They started showing The Exorcist in the mid-70s there. The Daily Campus started publishing guides to uh, Halloween parties around campus. One of my favorites was 1977 had a front page interview with a Willimantic resident born in 1866. What Uh, year? 
1977. Dang. Uh, about Halloween in the old days, which he said mostly, mostly consisted of eating boiled chestnuts and tipping over people's outhouses. Wait, this interview was from 1977? Yeah. And the person was born in 1866? Yeah, yeah. They were still alive at yeah. that point? A hundred Yeah, according, according, to the, according to the Daily Campus. That's fake. I fake hope, news. I hope not. Clean living. Clean living. That's, that's what he said. He said it was he drank whiskey every day and that's how he stayed that's alive That's what they so always long. say. It's I'm always... surprised cow tipping wasn't the thing because no, that's what they used to do. Outhouse tipping. Um, <laughs> in the late 70s, the Ed and Lorraine Warren talk started mm-hmm. happening. I don't know if that was still happening when you were here. No, but I'm very familiar with them. That was like an, an annual thing. Uh, they tried to start uh, – Subog tried to start something called Halloween Hugs. Where in the, no. in the week leading up to Halloween, people would wear orange or black. And on alternating days, people wearing orange would have to hug people wearing black. And then the other day, people wearing black would have to hug people wearing orange. Didn't catch on. I, if you guys could see my face right now, I'm not a fan of this idea. Uh, in 1985, there was an interview with Yukon police who said that Halloween was just another night and that they didn't plan to step up patrols. That has changed. <laughs> that is no longer the case. Um, the Daily Campus in the 80s, they did a, a special um, orange on orange paper. For uh, Halloween classifieds, so people would leave, like, spooky, fun messages to each other. Yeah. And then – so that's basically uh, how things happen. And I think a lot of it is still true today, although I don't know the dance thing happens much anymore. We had a dance in Chippy my freshman year that was a lot of fun, but it was just our dorm. It wasn't a full campus thing. I feel like people – Maxine, why do our joyless young people no longer dance? Why is dancing no longer a thing? Oh, we dance. Oh, okay. All right. we dance. I don't think – it's podcast appropriate. To oh, wow. <laughs> Usually in, in dirty basements. In dirty frat basements <sighs> that just shouldn't be talked about. My goodness. Not the kind of place you want to dance the milkshake dance. No. I would, just in the new gym the on Spring Hill. Uh, so anyway, that's the history of Halloween. The thing I like about it is like it's basically been essentially the same thing since 1910. That's kind of sweet. Just like costumes and uh, dancing. A lot of drinking. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I wonder if there was always a lot of drinking. Probably not. Probably not during Prohibition. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Nobody drank during Prohibition. Anyway. How come your history doesn't doesn't get closer to now? Because the uh, archives online only end at 1990. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We need to fix that. Yeah. It's well, disappointing. That's the, that's the limits of the historian. You only go with the material you have. True that. Uh, all right. So this has been a, a terrifying episode. <laughs> In so many ways. Deeply frightening. <laughs> Thanks to Maxine for those great pieces. You're welcome. Those won't be the last Maxine pieces you hear, um, but they won't all be Halloween related. I can I probably probably none of them will be from this point on, right? But uh, there are other things that we can talk about. I'm sure. Yes, there are other things on campus Just a few. besides Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, Halloween's the only one that matters, right? Like we're going to find out what the milkshake dance was, and we're going to do it um, on this audio podcast. Uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, thanks to everyone who came to our presentation in Milwaukee back in. Uh, God, when was it? October 15th? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we did good. We did. We told uh, some university professionals about how to make a great podcast, also about how to make our podcast. <laughs> hey They even <laughs> wrote us up. very different things. They we wrote did. us up, put it on their website. We got mm-hmm. a nice write-up from uh, High Ed Web folks. So uh, good time. Learned a lot. Did. We got to do it again in a couple of more weeks. Yep. On the road again. The road show The continues. road show. See, UConn Going to Las Vegas show. to find Khalees. And the milkshake song. Yeah, maybe she'll tell us what the milkshake dance is. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, and I mean, after this, you're going to want to follow us on Twitter, uh, at UConn Podcast. Uh, Maxine, uh, is there anything you want people to know or anything you want them to do online? You can follow me yep. on Twitter, at Maxine Philivong. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. It. It's perfect. Julie? 
Follow me at Julie Bartuka. Visit magazine.ucon.edu and healthjournal.ucon.edu for some fantastic stories. Ken? Forever and ever on today.ucon.edu. And, of course, the repackaged Yukon 360 podcast on 91.7 WHUS and stores. Yukon Sound Alternative Fridays at 11 a.m. Stay spooky, everybody.